Hey everybody, Eric Neese is here with me. We have an hour of uh, just a lot of stuff that we're covering. We're talking about Vipassana, we're talking about plant medicine, the importance of doing the work on yourself. Yeah, there's so much in this hour, I'm still buzzing from it, so stick with us. Everything is fueled from me wanting to be a better person on Earth. It's time to do your part. All right, everybody. Uh, still on the road. I'm in Pasadena now, joined with Mr. Eric Neese. If you don't know who he is, you should. But uh, after the podcast, Google him. Um, I'm stoked. I've followed this guy's career for, since I was a teen. Yeah. And now here you are <laughs> sitting in Kathleen's living room. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Kathleen. Yeah, totally. Yeah, thanks for letting <laughs> us use your house. Um, so I asked you to do this, and you mm -hmm. were totally open to it. And so why? Why? Uh, just because I like to say yes, and when the universe throws something my way, um, I always feel that there's something to learn mm -hmm. from everything, and also to share information that could be helpful for somebody else's evolution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've followed you on Facebook, and I see that you kind of um, emulate uh, spirituality and kind of... Mm -hmm. um, serenity there's a lot of words i could use oh, to describe you, you. Yeah, it's true <laughs> um and so that's a big part of why i asked you to be here today was just to kind of um share a what it's like to be you and b how you got to this point of just kind of what seems to be bliss we have an hour we have an hour dude <laughs> yeah so choose your words wisely okay um i guess to start at the beginning right yeah, um, i grew up in story. new jersey and on the jersey shore and then when i was 18 i went to new york to model because I needed a job and to make some money. Um, school wasn't happening for me and sports were finished. Um, and then not long after that, the real world happened. Mm -hmm. So I was casted onto the real world MTV, which was the very first reality TV show in America or right. in the world. I was gonna say ever, you guys were kind of the pioneers of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're actually in the television hall of fame. As you should as be. the pioneers of reality TV. And um, and then shortly after that, I was uh, casted for The Grind, which mm -hmm. was a uh, half hour dance show on MTV, which had 90 million viewers around the world. I was one of them. And awesome. And then from The Grind, I did The Grind workout videos. Mm -hmm. um, and then I came out to LA and I was going to uh, continue uh, to look into the entertainment industry, get into acting and hosting and continue to do all of that. And this manager came into my life at that time. And I gave him power of attorney mm -hmm. over my career. I thought that I could trust him. And uh, after six months of brainwashing and manipulation and controlling and actually being molested, um, I lost my job. Um, he stole over $300,000 from me and I was at a point of, I felt, uh, no return, no way out mm -hmm. and contemplated suicide. Because the whole house of cards just fell. Everything fell. I had, I mean, I had the biggest studios in Hollywood yeah. after, after me. You, you, you were, I mean, huge, huge. Yep. And so this one dude single-handedly just popped the balloon. Yes. And what I wouldn't realize many years later in the jungles of Peru while doing ayahuasca, that if that guy didn't come into my life and do that to me and shake me up, that I would have died. Okay. Because I was going to ask you like regret, revenge. Uh, did you find peace All with that. this dude? And so what I'm hearing is that this needed to happen. 
it, it not only did it need to happen, but like I said, he literally saved my life because I was on a path of self-destruction because what I didn't understand then was that I was suppressing a lot of emotion mm -hmm. from the traumas in my childhood and the entertainment industry mm -hmm. and the money and the fame and all of that um, was was really adding fire, adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. And um, I needed to be stopped. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize or understand that then. I mean, that's just the environment that I grew up in as a child. All my friends were partying. Mm -hmm. We would go to New York City, like 20, 25 of us, mm -hmm. and everybody's doing the same exact thing. So it just seemed normal to me. Well, and then now you're famous, so everybody knows you. So then it's, mm -hmm. even, it's even like times 10 times a thousand right right so intense right mm -hmm. so uh, this is interesting because i almost feel like it was inevitable if it was him or somebody else this balloon was gonna pop yeah well what's interesting what i would find out later was we were talking about earlier is like understanding ancestral lineage programming uh -huh. um, and understanding that I attracted certain things in my life for the sole purpose to remind me of what I needed to heal from my past. Mm. And with the work that I do now that I've been doing for the last 17 years, I'm a spiritual guide. Mm -hmm. um, I facilitate people in many different ways to help them to process uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual and mental dis-ease. Mm -hmm. um, you, you said you said dis-ease differently than we normally would hear that word said. Yes, because in my own personal experience with what I've gone through, I understand that all physical diseases I call dis-ease because there is the lack of ease in the body mm -hmm. and that all comes from emotion it's all connected to emotion and i can speak to that because of what i personally experienced through vipassana meditation and over a hundred ayahuasca ceremonies and over 60 mushroom journeys i've been working with plant medicines for about 10 years now for people that don't know much about plant medicines and they mm -hmm. kind of just have only know the stigmas talk about like the benefits of it and talk mm -hmm. a bit about the history of it right yeah so the history of it with all, all each plant medicine so there's many different plant medicines that come from different tribes from around the world mm -hmm. um the 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 feminine master or grandmother plant medicine that people are mostly aware of is ayahuasca mm -hmm. Um, the masculine um, master plant energy or spirit is iboga. That comes from Africa. Okay. Ayahuasca is is South America. Mm -hmm. Then you have peyote and mushrooms, which is you know Mexico um, and and North America. Mm -hmm. um, and the the indigenous people had a profound relationship with nature and with these master plant teachers. And they utilize them to assist them in healing traumas and things from their past, but also helping them to have insight of the future and assist the soul in evolving. And so these plant medicines have DMT in them, mm -hmm. which is dimethyltryptamine. And uh, when we're born and when we die, our brain is actually covered with DMT. That's why uh, people 
who have near-death experiences and they see the light mm -hmm. in a tunnel is because of the DMT that's that's flooding over their brain. So DMT is everywhere. We actually naturally produce DMT in our bodies, but DMT is in the grass. Mm -hmm. um, there's just different plants that have uh, higher levels of DMT. Mm -hmm. So when you ingest DMT and that covers the brain, um, the DMT helps to open up portals or bridges to not only the spirit world, but also to your subconscious brain. Mm -hmm. And so the way I like to explain an ayahuasca ceremony to people, it's like this wise old grandmother that really loves you, jumps in your head and gets behind a control board. And to the right of her, there's a filing cabinet of all the experiences that you've had in your life. And if we wanna to get to the root cause of uh, some type of suffering that you're having in your life with depression, anxiety, or whatever it is, um, there, there's the root cause of that. And so there's layers of experiences and vibrations and frequencies and emotions that pile up on the root cause mm -hmm. that you attract into your life over the years. So when you drink the ayahuasca, and you go into these experiences, the grandmother is sitting behind the control board and she goes into your filing cabinet and says, okay, we're going to work on this. Boom. This is why you have anxiety and depression around this, because this happened to you with your father when you were eight years old and you are suppressing those emotions. You haven't forgiven him. You haven't forgiven yourself. You're carrying around guilt and shame and whatever it is. And so this is why. So she helps you to shine light on the trauma. Now you understand why. So then after the ceremonies, you can do the real work and you can start to address those issues in your life. And that's the case with all the other plant medicines. If done correctly with intention and facilitated and guided by a shaman or a medicine man or woman that is in integrity. Which is what you do. That is what, yes. In part what you do. Um, yes. Wow. I, you know, Chelsea Handler, Joe Rogan, there's a lot of celebrities that you can obviously Google, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, that have done a lot of studies on this. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, as far as naysayers, people that are more reliant on Western medicine, how do you mm -hmm. sell this to them, right? Well, you have to be ready for it. And there has to be something that kind of gets triggered inside of you mm -hmm. to be interested in it. You know, it's the old saying, you can't take, you can't force the horse to drink the water. You can bring it to the water, but you can't force it. So there's a lot of people that come into uh, my ra my radar and um, that are looking for healing. And I'll mention this to them. And some of them are ready. Some of them aren't. Some of them are skeptical. And I say, listen, I give them an explanation of what it is. I give them kind of an intro to the spirit of of the plant and then i say just go home and sit with it mm -hmm. be mindful of if you're if you're being judgmental be mindful if there's some type of fear or judgment that comes up around it and just ask whether whatever it is that you believe in do you believe in god do you believe in the great spirit do you believe in source angels your ancestors somebody that passed whoever it is that you kind of look to mm -hmm. for guidance and ask for the information to be revealed and you will know when you're ready because you will be called to it mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. that happens nine times out of ten
And that and that's again the importance of kind of staying open and understanding the connection with the universe that we all have if you if you are aware of it. Yeah. I have a lot of conservative listeners, so I think that like sometimes when they hear words like universe or connection or things like that, right. we don't lose them, but that's when they start there there's a block for a lot of people. They're mm-hmm. not open to it. Um, I know for my journey, once I began to be open to it mm-hmm. is when the as you and I were speaking about earlier, the floodgates just opened. Right. And there's just infinite examples as to how um, it's benefited my life in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. All right. So pick back up a little bit from, from, so you start, you had some issues with your manager, then you kind of hit a wall and then this is mm-hmm. where the work began. Tell us a bit more about your journey through the work. Okay. Yeah. So I was at rock bottom. I knew that I needed help. Um, my brother who, um, met four years prior to this, a eighth generation Vietnamese grandmaster. Um, he was a 21 den black belt in three different martial arts, the grandmaster of the sword, grandmaster of the I Ching, feng shui. His mother was the queen of the mountain people in the seventies or sixties or seventies when the communists came in and they basically took his empire away from him. It sounds like a movie. Yeah. Um, his name was grandmaster Makdam and he lived in Los Gatos, California. He passed away about seven months ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, so um, I went to see him and the the four days that I was there, he did what was called a vibrational reading on me. Um, We put his fingers on on my pulse Mm -hmm. and he said to me, um, if you don't change your ways uh, within 10 years, you're gonna develop a blood clot and you're gonna die. And he obviously put the fear of God in me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I better do something about this. So he gave me a box of herbs. um, And he said, go home with these herbs, take all these herbs. And in three months, if you want me to train you, just come back. Don't don't call, just show up. And so I knew that I needed help. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what I did. I went home. Did you know that you needed that kind of help or you were just open? I was just open. I knew that I needed something. Well, really what happened was on the fourth day when we were leaving with all these herbs, we were in the car pulling out of the driveway and I just started crying. I actually feel it now because I'm so tuned in to him and to my experiences, but I knew in my heart that was home. Mm -hmm. There was a feeling that I had in my body when I was pulling away. My brother was like, why are you crying? And I go, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is home for me. And um, that's what that's what brought me back to him. There could not have been a clearer sign. No. And that's happened throughout the years. Like when I when I had the experience with the manager and I was ready to take my life, I was literally standing on the side of the Hudson River looking at the MTV Viacom building with my grandfather's knife on my wrist, ready to take my life. And in this split second, this cloud came down the river. It caught my attention. And I looked at the cloud and I heard this voice in my head just say, just go home, just go home. Because I was at this place of no way out. I didn't know what to do. Everything was crumbling around me. I I was losing everything. And um, with that little voice, I walked back to my apartment and packed up my things. And then I just went home. So these things have kind of happened to me over, over the years. Since and just I was opened little. you up every time more and more, more and more and more and more. Yeah. All right. So go on. Um, so yeah, so I lived, uh, with the grandmaster 
off and on for six years of my life while I had a loft in New York City and my own entertainment company and a recording studio. And I love house music as, you know, we were talking earlier. I'm a house head. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I used to spend four nights a week in a club in New York. Uh And uh, so I love house music. So we started this little independent house label and I created this exercise device and lived in Manhattan for five years in this loft going oh, so back and forth and training with him. So you're an inventor too. You created an exercise device. Yeah, it was called the apparatus. I did it with my brother. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, your dance background, this is all just natural talent, right? Yeah, just freestyle. Okay. Yeah, not, I'm not technically trained. Right? Okay, so yeah. go on. So while I was living with the Grandmaster, um, he started to share more and more with me about who I am, why we have a relationship, and what I'm here to do on this planet. And so you, he, were, you weren't suspect through any of this. You oh, of course I was. But I brought everybody there, all my friends, all my family. They all know Grandmaster. Everybody had their own personal experience wow. with him. But he would do things like this. So I would start. I started to bring people there who needed help and healing. And this one woman came with her daughter who had an issue. And... Um, they stayed in a hotel not too far down the street. And one morning she came back and I said, good morning. And she had this look on her face and she said, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah, sure. She said, um, has he ever showed up in your room floating in a ball of light in some warrior garb? And I went, Yeah, he does that sometimes. And she goes, I thought I was seeing things because last night I woke up and I looked up into the corner of my room and he was floating in the corner of the room smiling at me. Are you kidding? No, this is all true. Everybody knows it. I'm actually writing a book about it. And so this would happen with me with him over the years. He would appear in front of me in Mm -hmm. my meditations. And um, my brother trained with him. My brother actually wrote a book. Uh, called The Seven, um, Live the Seven. And he has another book called Punt. But Live the Seven is about the training that we received from him. And my brother has been uh, a personal trainer for 20 years, uh, you know, training people with the techniques that we learned from the Grandmaster. What is the seven? Uh, they're just, they're seven disciplines to live your life by. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go on. Yeah. And so, um, I know there's a lot more. So so yeah, so I lived with him. He had his own personal issues. I love that you led a bunch of people there. That's, oh, I brought everybody there. I mean, that's, yeah, that there's so much in that. Mm -hmm. If everybody could be able to find, we all need just doors to walk into. Yeah. And you created that door. Well, this was something really special. I mean, the house that I lived in, there were like 10,000 artifacts. I, I slept, the bed that I slept on was the king and queen's bed that was like 500 years old from, uh, you know, one of the dynasties in mm-hmm. Vietnam. There were Buddhas that I lived, that I lived with that were 2000 years old from like right after Buddha had his experiences and they started making statues about him. I was in a house with those, those artifacts. It was incredible. You can't even find words to describe this guy. No, no. He's, he's indescribable. This is amazing. All right. Yeah, I, you know, and I have photos and, you know, a part of my book is um, one of the chapters, the Grandmaster chapter, is about other people 
sharing their own personal experience with Grandmaster because I know that people are not going to believe my story. It'll, it's hard to believe. And I'm glad that story. you reiterated that because I think, again, talking about programming, we're just yes. we're programmed to be so flippant suspicious. That's right. Especially about stuff like this. Yeah, and especially like the guy from the real world in the grind. We're supposed to believe him. <laughs> well, for, but for me, I guess maybe it's generational, but that was one of the things I was most excited about is I do believe you just because I feel maybe I'm being a little silly, but you were reputable to me. Right. Just from knowing a bit about your background, mm -hmm. um, I, I was like, you know what? I want to hear what this guy has to say he seems like a trusted source right for real yeah, well people know my story yeah and they know your face and name that's right you know i have nothing to hide i'm an open book uh -huh. i am completely and totally transparent and fo fully vulnerable when it comes to the experiences that i've had what in has my been life. your biggest fear in your whole life like what get vulnerable what's been the biggest fear the biggest fear probably for me was sharing about my sexuality mm -hmm. because when i was eight years old my very first sexual experience that I had was with a boy. Oh. And so um, because of the environment that I grew up in, mm -hmm. um, in New Jersey, that was not something that I would talk about, especially mm -hmm. around my friends, because mm -hmm. immediately I would be judged. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, maybe or maybe not, but I had the fear of being judged. Mm -hmm. I had the fear of being outcasted mm -hmm. and also they they were there were feelings that i didn't really quite understand at such a, a young age mm -hmm. um and then when i was 12 or 13 years old i lost my virginity i was raped by a woman oh my god and so my innocence was taken away from me and then in my early 20s 22 was the brainwashing the manipulation the by manager. a man who molested me mm -hmm. and um you know, not to go off into this area, but that was the very first time that I heard about like the very dark and evil controlling systems um, on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and Hollywood. Specifically. Yeah, like the banking system and Hollywood uh -huh. and all that stuff, like secret society type mm -hmm. things that go way, 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 way back. So I was educated in all of that when I was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. There was no Internet. Right. And so I was in the library reading books about all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so um, as I would go on through, through, through my life and I would meet different people, different mentors, different teachers, um, I was naturally attracting men in my life who would take advantage of me mm. um, and also women. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the healing that I would experience later on in my life to understand why I was attracting those things. Mm -hmm. And that would go into my past lives. Because I was gonna ask, well, why are you attracting those things? And, yes. it, and it goes back to past lives. Yes, uh, probably go going into maybe my 60, 60th ayahuasca experiences. I've done, I, I've, I've been in about 100 ayahuasca journeys and i want to get back to that but not now but i, yeah. I guess my question will be i you, you don't just do ayahuasca once it's a it's a long journey yeah no because the the tribe that i work with is called the shipibo tribe mm -hmm. of peru and um they're considered the masters of ayahuasca the lineage of ayahuasca there's relics that go back five thousand years to the inca 
Um, 5,000 years. Yes, 5,000 5, years. And one, one thing I do a lot, especially in interviews, is I interrupt and I jump around. That's fine. But like if you were to have like a, like a Cymbalta or a Zoloft and ayahuasca, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> it's not even worth having a conversation about it. But. <laughs> but you have to. Yeah. Because of the programming. Yeah. And this goes back to the programming, which we can we can get into a little bit. I just want, I didn't know want what to. the takeaway would be with meeting you today, but I want the biggest takeaway to be for people that this is the way to go. Well, there's a, a number of different ways to go. And I have tried them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of experience with understanding how to liberate the soul from suffering. And that's what I do with people. And that's all we want. That's all we want. That's, that's all, all we we're want. here to do. And there are instructions that were left behind by a couple of individuals that their names have lasted throughout the ages. Mm -hmm. That's Buddha and Jesus. A lot of people follow them. But then there's also the indigenous. I want those instructions. The indigenous had a profound communion with nature. Mm -hmm. They have a relationship with the plant kingdom. And the Shipibo, who are considered the masters of ayahuasca, they don't only work with ayahuasca. They work with thousands of plants in the jungle. And all of these plants, they have a spirit. And you can communicate with the spirit. So when the Shipibo sit in ceremony, and their vision opens up, they can see everything that's happening in the room and they can actually communicate with the different plant spirits. The Shipibo believe that there's a plant for everything for people to heal. So when you work in the Shipibo tradition, say you have a lot of rage or anger that you're suppressing. Well, there's specific plants that help you with that. One of them is called Renikita. That's a plant that I dieted for about eight months where you completely alter and change your diet and you create an environment in your body that is in harmony and resonates with the energy and the frequency of the plant. And the plant will assist you in sharing its knowledge with you to heal or to teach you. Mm -hmm. And the Shipibo have had this relationships with the plant kingdom for thousands of years. They're people. Thousands of years talking about lineage, talking about tying it all together and learning this process. So how do you, how does one learn it? You're talking about the, the you know, the stuff that's been known for years, mm -hmm. but for somebody like me, where do I start? You have to experience it. The only, the, the only way to truly understand something is by having an experience. The, I, one of the biggest misconceptions about, you know, the, 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 the healing community or the self-help community is that, oh, I'll go read a book that somebody wrote about self-help. But if you don't put those teachings into action, you're not going to get anything out of it. Mm -hmm. You have to put it into action. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we, we're beings of action, mm -hmm. of motion, mm -hmm. emotion, energy in motion. So if you're not interacting with your emotions, if you're not, if you don't, aren't building a relationship with your emotions, what, what are you doing? Yeah. What's the point? And that's what we're seeing in the world right now. We, we see millions and millions of people disconnected from their emotions, suppressing their emotions, distracted from their emotions.
Talk, disconnected. Talk about collective consciousness, right? Because if, right as we all are connected, there is a lot of sad people around and people that are mm -hmm. disconnected. Yeah. How does that correlate with us? Some of the people that do get, kind of get it, and is there healing happening? Yes. Well, there's universally. Yeah, there is. There's a collective that's happening because if I do the work, I'll give you an example. So we're just going to look within my own lineage, my my immediate family, right? So because I took the initiative to go down this path, while I'm working in ceremony, I'm actually seeing and experiencing what I'm healing. And I've had experiences with my ayahuasca journeys, with my mushroom journeys, and in my Vipassana meditations, um, that it has been shown to me that because I've gone in and healed these parts of my own lineage, they, de they then overflow into the rest of my family. And, and unconsciously, their behavior naturally just starts to change because I took the initiative. So I'll give you an example. My niece, she's 20 years old. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking of my 20-year-old niece too. Okay, oh, and so my 20-year-old niece was molested and raped when she was six years old. Hmm. This story is, it's, it's public, so for any of the listeners that are out there, you can come to my website, there's a video about it, and she's openly public hmm. about this because I've been working with her over the last year. And so I, as you know, have been through that. Mm -hmm. molestation it's within the lineage of my family and it goes way back many lifetimes mm -hmm. so because i went through my own healing and transformation and i understand how it works i can then share that information with her so she can then heal and then but some of the information that's being shared is subconscious it's not even conscious that's right this is this is yo this is mind-blowing this is head splitting it really is yes. because, because for me i feel it i've done a lot of work on myself in the past two years i will always continue to and i'm mm -hmm. starting to see these the changes in my family which is weird That's, yeah exactly but it's weird because i love my like i don't want to be specific about people but from my cousins to my sister to everybody i love them all equally but we've had a lot of issues and a lot of judgment and who hasn't you're right <laughs> but something's been changing and it's not that's weird. Yeah, man. what's changing? Well, you know, there's more understanding. There's more patience. There's more. We're enjoying each other's company more. There's um, who's changing? I get to me. That's right. So then you become my energy's changing though because my behavior. Maybe it is. So how do we lead? By Gandhi, how do we lead? We lead by example. By example if yeah. you want to see a change in the world, change yourself. Yeah. Michael Jackson knew that. Yeah. Man, man in, in the, the mirror. mirror. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see change in the world, take a good look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, where do I need to change? So for people that are listening, that that resonates, right? That's an mm -hmm. easy, um, that's an easy action. Yes. But then when we talk about the real change, there's this divide, right? Yeah. I, maybe people are scared to do the work. I know for me, I you waited years to, I knew I needed yes. therapy. I knew I needed to face some demons. I just was hella scared. They're scared of the feeling. They're scared. Hold on, hold on, let me think for a second. So mm -hmm. not so much the result, it's the emotion that you're feeling going through it. Correct. Because the result itself isn't scary. I never thought about that. Yes, so now, now we get to the inner child. Okay. This is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And you might be feel 
you might feel the energy just shift mm -hmm. if you can feel that i'm not i think that you probably can mm -hmm. because you've been getting chills the whole time mm -hmm. so now we're going to talk about the inner child and everybody who's listening right now will also feel it okay right mm -hmm. the inner child is always there from one years old to 10 years old to a teenager it's always there you can communicate with the inner child whenever you want the inner child has all of the information right mm -hmm. it remembers everything mm -hmm. the question is does the inner child trust you with the information and we see this in cases of children that have been abused mostly sexually abused children 33 percent of sexually abused children develop amnesia they develop blocks mm -hmm. and they create aspects of themselves to control everything around them so that they don't have to feel that pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is what people are scared of. And it's an illusion. Fear is an illusion that the mind creates to protect the inner child from feeling painful emotions. That's why it's so challenging for people to transform and to heal. Mm -hmm. They don't even want to have the conversation. As Soon as you start talking to them about mom or dad or whatever it is, they'll start to get emotional. Mm -hmm. Those emotions, they want to naturally rise. Mm -hmm. this, is the, the, this is the understanding that Buddha had. Mm -hmm. Buddha had an understanding that if he sat quietly, patiently, diligently, equanimously. If you sit quietly and patiently in the, the eye of the storm of your own feelings, by the laws of nature, those emotions that are suppressed in your body will rise and dissolve. And dissolve. And dissolve back into the ether. Now, why? because you're made up of air, fire, water, and earth. Yeah. Those four elements are in harmony with each other. They resonate and vibrate at a certain frequency. When the mind gets involved and it starts to judge and be in fear of feeling those emotions, mm -hmm. you then hold those emotions down. You suppress them into your body. Because your subconscious fights you. Correct. And it, and it causes anxiety right. and depression. Right. This inner child stuff is, is really, it's blown my mind and it's really important. It's what it's all about. Right. And, you know, through some of my therapy, I've learned about the inner child and kind of uh, having conversations and learning how to protect your inner child and all of that stuff. Yes. Tell me about the word vulnerability and how all of this stuff connects to that. Because okay. that's a word that's trending now and people, it yes. resonates with a lot of people. So vulnerability basically is saying... I'm going to be completely and totally transparent with my story. Mm -hmm. With me, not with necessarily with me. other people, this with nothing, me. This has nothing to do with anybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we love to make it about other people. Mm -hmm. We love to blame. We love to make excuses. Mm -hmm. We love to create stories in our lives to distract us from ourselves. And ourselves, it's not that scary. No. But you need to feel safe. The inner child needs to feel safe to process the emotions. 
And why would the child feel unsafe in the beginning? The reason why is because it was born vulnerable Mm -hmm. into an environment, trusting, fully surrendered on its back with its hands and its feet in the air. Someone's going to feed me. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to put a roof over my head. Someone's going to keep me warm. That's mommy and daddy. Mm -hmm. So I'm trusting that mommy and daddy are going to love me, nurture me unconditionally and support me while I go through this human experience. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that mommy and daddy are still carrying around the programs from the family that are filled with insecurities and low self-esteem and rage and guilt and shame and all of those things. So then the child comes into the family is imprinted by the programs from mom and dad Mm -hmm. and then they don't feel safe Mm -hmm. maybe they were abused maybe they were neglected maybe they were abandoned Mm -hmm. maybe they were sexually abused maybe they were physically abused whatever it is all of us have experienced that Mm -hmm. nobody is alone on this topic Mm -hmm. and that is also the great deception and illusion is that actually people feel that they're alone how could you feel how could you possibly be alone in your own suffering hmm. there are seven and a half billion people that are on this planet that are all suffering mm-hmm. because we have collectively and consciously agreed that it's okay to kill each other and again this dates back thousands of years thousands of this years is, this, this isn't been a, going this on isn't an american thing i'm not saying anything new are you, are you are you at a space of freedom? Are you at a space of always serene? Yes. Is this all? Is this all is, is is the work? I mean, obviously, you still have to do work, but yes, if I I have to I have to constantly remind myself to stay present. It's a practice. Yeah, my um, my my buddy Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, is next to his bed last night. And Power like, of Now, be actually, here now. It's actually in there, and he was yes. Like, and I said, "Yo," I said, "You don't even have to read the book. It's all in the. I mean, you should, but it's all in the title." Yeah, I mean, the 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 challenge for for us and for humans is to be present, yeah. and to be aware, um, to be compassionate mm-hmm. and empathetic for other people's suffering. It's not an easy place to get to because there's a lot of work that that needs to be done Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't be where i'm at today and be in this place if i wasn't confronted with my own suppressed emotions yeah and i went through an experience about six years ago called the dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. and what the dark night of the soul is is when all of your suppressed emotions not only from this lifetime but the ones that are connected to the programs of my lineage, um, they all come to the surface at the same time. And it was the scariest, most uncomfortable, confusing, complex experience that I've ever had in my life. For almost two and a half years, I was basically in fetal position on the floor, crying, screaming, yelling, confused, lost, couldn't go out in public. It was, it was incredibly challenging, Mm -hmm. but every day I prayed and every day I cried and every day I searched and I went out and, you know, I broke through fears of asking people for help. 
that wasn't an easy thing for me to do back mm -hmm. in the day was, you know, asking somebody for help, but I needed to put a microscope on my life mm -hmm. and understand why I was feeling the way that I was. Cause I needed to get out of it. I didn't want to feel that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And that comes back to what we were saying earlier that, you know, the big question is, well, you know, do you care? Cause I was at a point in my life where I thought I loved myself. Mm-hmm. I thought that I cared enough about myself to make the right choices, to make the positive choices in my life. And I wasn't doing that mm -hmm. back in the day. So I had to put myself in check. Put myself in check. And I think that that's, the, the, for me, that's when I was, the work began, but it was wanting to self-evaluate. It was constantly yes. saying, okay, let me reach, what's going on here? I need to know what's going on. It started with me being a little controlling. It was like, what's going on? I need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But then it became addicting, right? Yeah. Um, and I've just, I, I want to, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get to where you are. So mm -hmm. we want to get you there too. And at some point you're going to, we're going to talk a bit about the process, right? Real steps. Yeah. So, well, Buddha, you know, when you talk about Vipassana meditation, I was touching on that I've a little bit earlier. Vipassana. Yeah. So Vipassana meditation is basically the, the meditation technique that Buddha created. And what Buddha figured out was that if he was to sit quietly, that's why 40 day water fasts you know, oh. fasting, mm -hmm. this is where fasting came from. That's Jesus and Buddha. We all know, right? Well, that's where fasting came from. Um, what Buddha realized was that if, if he was to sit in an equanimous state, which means calm in the chaos and observe the sensations in his body, that by the laws of nature, those sensations, if he didn't judge them, and if he didn't cling to them, if he just observed them objectively, that those sensations and those feelings would just naturally rise and leave the body. And to understand that, you have the four elements in our body. You have air, fire, water, and earth. If I was to take a balloon and bring it down to the bottom of the ocean and let it go, it's going to rise. The magma in the earth, when it heats up, it rises, just like the hot water in the earth. When the sun shines on water, it evaporates and it rises into the clouds and then it falls down again. So that's what we are. We are air, fire, water, and earth. So by the laws of nature, if I just observe the feelings in my body, it's all going to rise and dissolve. And that is Vipassana? That's Vipassana meditation. So so what I'm hearing is you're basically just, your eyes closed and you're just observing how you feel. That's it. You're not focusing on it. You're not trying to fix it. You're just observing. That's it. And it's positive and negative feelings that you're focused on. It's, yeah. It could be, yeah, it could be blissful and it could be, you know, what you would label as negative. So is Vipassana just meditation as we know it? Yes. Kind of the, the, it's the very, it's the first Got it. Meditation. Right. And now there's all these other meditations right, that right. come from that. Right. But that's the original teaching. Okay. Is is what Buddha brought to us. I do a uh, I do a lot of guided meditations. I'll jump on YouTube. I encourage people to do the same. And one of them is like a ten minute body scan, and it sounds like vipassana. Mm -hmm. It's like you're 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 aware. You're you're thinking of what you're you're putting focus on something on your body, right? Yes. Um. All right. So I want to take it. I want to I want to turn the conversation a little bit because what. Okay. How does everything you're saying correlate to what's happening now universally and even nationally, the sickness that we are seeing to give us some insight and give us some hope. 
tight, yes. tight that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it can't be more obvious today than any other time in the history of humankind. The division. Yeah. But I never thought that we would see this. Well, there's a reason why we're seeing so much division right now is because <clears throat> I don't want to get into conspiracy theory type talk. Um, I always encourage it though. Okay. So, you know, I'll, I'll brush on it a little bit, but there is obviously people that are at the top of the, the chain, the food chain mm -hmm. that are manipulating and controlling a system, a global system that is in place, mm -hmm. right? So we have a global system that is in place. It's in order, mm -hmm. right? Things are in order a, a, in a certain way that was designed by certain people. Very smart people. Very, very smart people Methodic that are people. aware mm -hmm. of why we're here on planet Earth. Okay? Wow. And if you can't see that, if you, if you can't see that and you're quick to judge what I'm saying, the only reason why you're quick to judge what I'm saying and you're skeptical is because you don't have the information. Mm-hmm. There are some people who spend a lot of time researching and studying what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And they're, and they're saying right now, he knows. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people that don't have the information and they're going, Oh, well, no, that's not possible. Why would people want to control us? Why would people want to organize some kind of order for what, mm -hmm. why would they want to do that? And then what I say to them is, okay, well, let's look at the system. Let's look at all of the essential things that you need to function optimally. You need air to breathe. Mm -hmm. You need water to drink. You need food to eat. You need shelter. You need clothing. You know, these types of things just to get through, you know, your day mm -hmm. and, to, and to live, right? Well, if we look at the food system and you have an understanding of the food system, you know that if you eat conventional food, you're being poisoned. Mm -hmm. If you're drinking water out of the tap, you're, you're being, being poisoned. poisoned. Yep. If you know what's being sprayed up in the air, you're being poisoned. Mm -hmm. And this is common knowledge. This is common knowledge right. now. Right. It wasn't years ago, mm -hmm. but now because of the internet, they made a big mistake. They created the internet so now we can all share information mm -hmm. with each other very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but the bigger picture is this. There is no separation between you and I. We are one, mm -hmm. one breath, one heart, one love. Now, why is that important? And why have we heard that over and over and over from different people that were, you know, maybe looked at as enlightened beings or, uh, or awake, someone like Bob Marley or mm -hmm. somebody uh, like the Beatles, you know, mm -hmm. one love and all we need is love and, and all those things. Well, we really do need love. We all do really need to come together and we need to really see the reality of why is there so much division? Why are they driving that? Right? Mm -hmm. Here's the reason why. And again, this is my own personal experience and information that I have gathered over the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. 
There has been an experiment that's been going on on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. There are ancient civilizations on this planet. There, there's relics and there's been some information that has been left behind that shows us that these places were real. Mm -hmm. Places like Lumeria, Atlantis, mm -hmm. Egypt is the, is the closest one, right? Mm -hmm. The Mayans, these, these, these pyramids and these temples, right? But they disappeared. There was supposedly these cataclysmic events that wiped out these civilizations, mm -hmm. right? They talk about that now, right? Global warming, some cataclysmic event that's going to happen. Nibiru, you know, there's, you know, there's talks of tidal waves and, and earth changes. Mm -hmm. All of the, the indigenous people, they, 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 they talk about this time that we're living in. They're calling it the great purification or the great awakening. Whoa. If you listen to the elders in the Hopi traditions, they talk about this. They've been talking about it for years. There's writings on the walls in temples and, and pyramids all over the planet. And so what has been shared with me, because I've been looking into this stuff, is that this experiment here on planet Earth has been going on for a long, long time. And five times the spiritual battle between light and dark that happens on the global stage and also inside of every one of us, a spiritual battle between light and dark, we came to a planet of free will and choice. There's light and there's dark. You, me, and everybody listening, we have a choice. We can either go down the road of love mm -hmm. with ourselves, or we can go down the road of fear and judgment. The spiritual guides, the angels and, and, and the ascended masters and, and all these different light beings from all around the universe that we are connected to. It is our spiritual family. It's our family of light. Mm -hmm. They come to us in different ways to inform us and to let us know about what's going on here. This is the time for us to awaken, to remember who we are and where we came from and why we're here. And people are waking up to this truth. So we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to transform ourselves and this planet into what has been shared with me called a star kingdom. So we are living in a third dimensional plane here on earth, moving from the third dimension through the fourth dimension into the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension is all love. There is no fear in the fifth dimension. So what is being asked of us, what's what they're inviting us, our, our family of light, brothers and sisters, we have the opportunity to transform this planet and ascend into the fifth dimension. The only way that you can get there and I can get there is by letting go of our fears and our judgments about ourselves and each other. And that is the reason why you're seeing so much division on the planet right now, because it's, 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 it's opening up this conversation. Mm -hmm. So you and I can have this conversation. These people can listen to our conversation. They get to process this information and then they have to decide what they're going to do with the information. They can either avoid it 
they can distract themselves from it, mm-hmm. or they can open up the, to the possibility that maybe this information will assist them in liberating them, their own selves from their own suffering. I am not responsible for your suffering. Mm-hmm. Your mom and dad are not responsible for your own suffering. Your grandmother, your grandfather, your entire lineage. It is your responsibility to hold yourself accountable to liberate yourself from your own suffering and to walk this path of beauty. We all have a choice. Mm-hmm. The information is there. There are people walking on this planet that understand this and they live it. Every day I walk barefoot on the earth. I put organic, natural, healthy food in my body because it resonates and it har- it's in harmony with what I am. I breathe deep. I sleep deep. I choose the words that are loving and kind. I try to find the empathy and the compassion within myself for everybody else's suffering. Because I understand the suffering of others because I've personally suffered. So I don't see division or separation between anything or anyone. But there's a system that is in place mm-hmm. that is creating division. And it is, it is so in our faces right now. But it's there for a reason. And it needs to happen. It needs to happen to help shake us up, wake us up. Yep. I was talking to somebody earlier today and I said the benefit of all of this, the silver lining is that this needs to happen. The dialogue, the conversation, the awareness, the awakening, the great awakening. Yes. Unbelievable. You feel that? I do. And it's I get chills all over my whole body. This is this <laughs> but this is these are answers. Yes. Because there's so many questions we have that 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 we ask ourselves mm-hmm. that you can't Google. You know what I mean? And these are answers. It's, yes. This is really, this is the work. This is the work I, I'm excited about. Even if I get one viewer or none, we obviously get a nice following, but this is so beneficial. Yeah. This is good work. Um, We're almost out of time and I'm bummed out, but I want to, I want you to take a step back, mm-hmm. continue to talk about what you were talking about and give people who are um, living at home, who are suppressing their feelings, who are living in fear, who are scared, mm-hmm. who listen to this and think, oh God, that's just too out there for me. What are some steps? Yes, I'll make a suggestion. Or, or a few. I'll make a few. So simply, we're here to feel. That's why we're here. Period. Period. This is not why we Not to make came. money, not to necessarily, just to feel. We're here to feel, mm-hmm. right? So all you have to do, you have your inner child and you have your ancestors. Find a quiet place. Lay down in a bed. Sit in a comfortable chair, breathe deep, call to your inner child, call to your ancestors and ask what needs to be revealed for me to evolve. Say this out loud. What needs? No, no, no. You're telling them. Say it out loud. What needs to be revealed in order for me to evolve so that I can assist in the collective awakening. Say those words. You're telling people to lay in bed, close your eyes, get present and say those words. Yes. Say them one more time, please. Call call it in. I call in my inner child. 
I call it. Or you could say your own name, okay. or maybe you had a nickname. Okay. So you 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 want to address, connect, and give your inner child the attention that it deserves mm-hmm. and that it wants. So you call to your inner child, call to your ancestors, grandma, grandpa, whoever passed, auntie, aunties, uncles, brothers, sisters. They're all with you. They're always with you. Mm-hmm. They're aware of what's happening on the planet. And surrender to the feeling of your suppressed emotions. Invite those feelings to come to the surface and to the best that you can, objectively observe them. Just allow them to come up. Be present with your emotions. Be present with the feelings and look for what I call thought visions mm-hmm. or or you, you'll remember experiences that you've had from your childhood. Mm-hmm. That's what this is all about. This is all about identifying what the suppressed emotions are from the traumas in your life. If you're dealing with any kind of anxiety or depression or low self-esteem or insecurities or whatever it is, that's where it comes from. It comes from your suppressed emotions. A big big part of me wants to say, what do you have to say to the people out there that say, I don't have any suppressed emotions and I'm fine and my childhood was fine? Because I've always told myself my childhood was fine and I just realized in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, because I have to always read adages, like tell my adages to myself every day to keep myself in a a good headspace. And one of them is to be confident. Mm -hmm. And apparently I have had some issues in my childhood that that have not, I'm, I got some work. Yeah, here's the answer. Of course, there's people that are gonna be listening that are at the extreme end of that. They've been sexually abused, physically abused, they've been abandoned, they've been neglected, they've been bullied. Like it's, it's, it's really in your face. But what about the seven-year-old who had a favorite toy that that toy meant everything to that seven-year-old? They couldn't think about anything else at that time in their life. It was all about that doll. And somebody came and took that doll away. We're talking about feelings. We're talking about emotions. That is relative to a seven-year-old of a mother or a father leaving. Remember. Just as traumatic. Just as traumatic. If that child has a traumatic experience with it, if they're hysterically crying Mm -hmm. and they go up into their room and it stays with them Mm -hmm. day after day after day after day, eventually, yeah, maybe they're not going to think about the doll anymore. But that seven-year-old at that time had a traumatic emotional experience. Mm -hmm. If it was not explained by an unconditionally loving mother and father, and that child processed that feeling and those emotions at that time, they're still holding on to it. Damn. As simple as a toy being taken away. As You're simple. So as we're a, still holding on to it. That's exactly right. When 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 I when I, I've gone through this process with myself, I'm gonna tell you this is the reason why I know this to be true. Because of the over hundred and fifty plant medicine journeys that I've been on and, and working in the Vipassana meditation technique, I sat in Vipassana meditation and I found that place that Buddha was talking about equanimity. Mm-hmm. I was calm, non-judgmental, 
non-clinging, and I observed those emotions rise from my body and leave my body. And when they left my body, it was a picture book of my life of all of these experiences. When I walked in to Vipassana meditation, I have two slip discs in my back. My range of motion was limited. Pain in my hips, pain in my back, discomfort in my legs. When I would bend over to stretch, my fingers could maybe touch my ankle. 10 days after sitting in meditation, I could put my chest against my thighs. Jeez. And it has never changed. From Vipassana. I released all of the suppressed emotions from oh, my body. Right. This isn't you stretching or flexibility. No. This is you literally expelling Jesus. Correct. And this is where, you know, was something that's so important that you said earlier, and I have to repeat, is that if you don't do this work, this is where you get sick. This is where the dis-ease comes into play. Exactly. I right. mean, that's a tan that's an example of how, you know, you can feel the energy lift out of your body and then that's right. Full circle. This is also what happens in medicine ceremonies. Mm -hmm. You go into a medicine ceremony with ayahuasca. It shows you where your, your traumas are or your judgments or what the disease or whatever it is. And you see it and then you throw up or you shake right and or you sweat and that's getting and that's the emotion leaving your body because we're all energy we're all you got it brother all right well that's we're on now we're on the nose <laughs> dude wow i I'm, I'm thank you for being here thank you for having me yeah um thank you guys for joining and uh i always call them nuggets of info but this has just been buckets of gold for <laughs> yes, me for me beautiful you know and i really hope that you guys were able to benefit from this as well i've this was lots of goosebumps and lots of connection i can awesome. see i can see your aura which is really interesting oh <laughs> yeah that's sweet it's just true so this is like I'm just, I'm in a space thank of you. gratitude right now. So thank you for being here. I'll say you th thank you a thousand more times. Thank mm. you for being here. Where do we send people to find out more information about I you? actually just launched my new website. Okay. Um, and it's imericnice.com. That letter I, letter A, letter, letter M, like I am. Uh -huh. Iamericnice.com. And I'm on, you know, Instagram and niece.eric and then Facebook. And people are, that want to reach out for help, just take those channels yeah just send me a message okay yeah. that's what i did and here he is he always <laughs> says yes <laughs> love on yourselves and each other we love you that's a wrap we will see you soon oh always do like and share this too that's important all right have a good one <laughs>